Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to The Juice. I'm your host, Solomon Giorgio, comedian, writer, and the youngest survivor of the Titanic. So much juiciness happens in the workplace, and most times, if you want the scoop on what's happening in an office, you've got to go straight to an assistant's desk. Today's guest is the self-admitted terrible assistant to Conan O'Brien. She currently co-hosts the podcast Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend alongside Conan and Matt Gorley right here on the Team Coco Podcast Network. She also has a new book coming out this July entitled World's Worst Assistant. Join me in giving a big, juicy welcome to Sona Movsesian. Hi. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. You know what? My friend Brad is here and he says you two follow each other on Instagram. You do uh, learn the words, bitch, at the... It's at Akbar. Akbar. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's done it a bunch of times. Everyone should who's listening, check out Tony Soto's show at Akbar called Learn the Words, Bitch. He's a wonderful drag queen and he hosts an amazing amateur lip syncing competition if you're in the LA area. Yeah, I just, I would, I would judge it in full drag is what I would do. I, oh, that's awesome. I'm not very good at lip syncing or anything that requires drag. I just look pretty every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being on the show. I'm going to, I've we've never met before, which is great. Uh, we have so much learned about each other because um, mm-hmm. you've been Conan's assistant now for what, a decade? Oh God, 13 years. 13 Since years. 2009. That's a middle schooler amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I never thought of it that way, but you're right. That's how I measure time. It was best based on how long I've been doing something and whether or not it's legally allowed to drive or drink. <laughs> oh, yeah. So who if if someone was born when I started working for Conan, then they're going through a very awkward puberty phase right now, mm-hmm. probably. The worst time of their life, honestly. Worst time <laughs> of their lives. I'm so sorry for all those kids. We're fine, though, because we're done with that part. Yeah, fuck that shit. We're good. What was middle school? Do you, you grew up in L.A., right? I am. I'm from L.A. I was born in Montebello, which is right next to East L.A. Uh, and I grew up in Hacienda Heights, which is like a little bit further off from that. And it was total suburbia. I mean, like every restaurant, there was a chain. Like a guy took me to Claim Jumper once because it was like (laughs) the nice place to eat. You know, the thing to do there was go to the Pointe Hills Mall and watch movies. And that was my childhood. It was cool. The most grounded individuals in this city are the people who were born and raised here. It's usually my favorite people in this city after living here for a decade. Really? Too many people come here with like a lot of ambition, a lot of dreams. And I feel with a LA native, they see the city for what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Also, very few people who were born here, I think, tend to leave just because mm-hmm. they can't live anywhere else. Like, I can't do cold weather. I can't do humidity. 
So I think just because of the weather alone, I'm just stuck here forever. Well, here's the thing. Weather everywhere else is disrespectful. It's unnecessary and no one should <laughs> need to endure it. It's disrespectful. And I think people get to the point in their heads where they can shit talk LA so they can be used to the place they're living. Yes, they could, <laughs> they could be okay in their misery by just making fun or dissing the city that just has the best weather in the entire country. I'm with you. I it's co- totally agree. Yeah. Like every time like every time I go to New York, they shit talk LA when I say that's where I live and I'm like, "You know what? We don't do that in Los Angeles." No. Uh, we, no, so what, I'm going to do that. Have you been to San Francisco? Yeah. Can you believe the one-sided rivalry between San Francisco and LA? I mean, every, like I, everyone I know in LA is just like, "Oh yeah, San Francisco's lovely." And then you go it to is. San Francisco and they're like, "Fuck LA." Really sucks. And I'm like, what is the Yeah, you're the only city in California that rains four months out of the year. So (laughs) I I understand where their hate comes from. And it's like, you're overrun by tech bros. So yeah, fucking find something else to be mad at. (laughs) It's true. I mean, every time I go there, people are like, oh, I'm sorry you're from LA. And I'm like... I'm not. I'm, oh, San Francisco's Weird. lovely. What a great yeah. place to live. Yeah. I think LA is one of the cities, like it's, it's the most beautiful city and people just treat it like it's the ugliest thing in the world. I'm like, you you don't appreciate it for what it is. They don't see the beauty in the in the ugly parts of it. Exactly. It's ugly from a distance, gorgeous up close. Gorgeous. It's the opposite of, what was in Cher saying in Clueless? It's opposite of a Monet where it's like from far away, <laughs> it looks okay, but up close it's a total mess. It's like reverse. Exactly. It's First of all, the fact that I don't know that direct quote uh, makes me feel ashamed as a homosexual <laughs> man who's watched that movie nine million times. <laughs> you know that quote, but she says it much cooler than I do. Somebody's going to probably hear this and be like, well, first of all, this is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> No, and I'm going to totally feel so much shame. <laughs> but like, so your family's all here? They're all here. Everyone, everyone. Grandma, well, they all passed. But like my aunts, uncles, mm-hmm. my parents, everyone is is here. Like how many generations have been here? Well, one generation above us immigrated here. So, okay. yeah, it, just my parents. And then eventually my grandparents came and they passed and everything. But yeah, I mean. So you're first generation. I am. Yeah. Oh, I'm also, my family are immigrants too. And I feel like it's a certain, especially with gossip. I learned so many secrets so nonchalantly at an older time. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Was there like a strong amount of gossip within the family? You don't have to give me anything. Just not, like, well, how did it go? Not in the, well, yeah. I mean, we had our fair share of like family squabbles in the sense that there were people who stopped talking to each other for years, which was really awkward because everybody would see each other often. So like <laughs> they would see each other, but they would like make it a point not to like talk to each other. They'd be on like opposite ends of whatever party we were at. It's like, okay, come on. And it's always over something stupid. Like someone insulted someone like, and then they stopped talking for 10 years. But uh, as an Armenian American, gossip is a huge part of our community. I mean, I hear about, I didn't grow up in Glendale, which is one of the biggest Armenian communities. I didn't grow up there, but I hear about gossip for people I don't even, I've never met before. It's like (laughs) Glendale gossip, you know? And I, it's just so fascinating how people are like, oh my God, this person who does, you know, makeup for this person slept with this guy who owns that club and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like in it, I'm like really into it just because I love juicy shit. Yeah. But I have no idea who they're talking about. I feel like that's the same situation, like especially like when we go to a party. My mom, whoever the women, my mom's like a very good cook, so she's like sort of the central part of the party. So you can <laughs> tell the women she doesn't like because they're on the other side of the room. <laughs> <laughs> 
Not coming anywhere near her. <laughs> that's a good strategy, though, to keep people away from you. I like yeah, that. It's, well, it's also like, that's essentially like she was always like, I will be the cent- like I will be the best cook, so you can never, ever not make me the most important person that's so <laughs> in a room. So wait, where are you from? Where's your family from? So my family is Ethiopian. That's so we have a long history uh, with Armenia. Oh, Ethiopian food. Yeah, we do have a history of, with, yeah, the, with each other. Yeah, two of the oldest Christian nations. Yes. And I also grew up in Fresno, California, which is also densely populated Armenian community. So like the cultural like similarities, because we're both like from the oldest civilizations in the world. So. Yeah, exactly. Do you go to eat in little, little Ethiopia a lot? I'm, again, my mom's an amazing cook, so it's yeah. pretty disappointing when I go to some of the restaurants. I, I thought they were like pretty authentic, but I'm guessing nothing compares to mom's it's, cooking. Yeah, it's like the, there's authenticity, but there's also like my mom has an insanely great spice level and like a ton of patience. And like restaurants aren't going to cook something for 18 hours like my mom would. Right. Oh, my God. They're going to take a few hours? shortcuts and liberties. <laughs> oh, I know. I would too. I mean, Jesus. She would like wake up at 5 a.m. Just for dinner? Just to like make... Just for the whole day. Like, well, also there was seven of us. Seven? <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of people. Like, how many have, how you have siblings? I have one. Only one? Yeah. What's that like? Tell me. That sounds great. It sounds peaceful. Uh, you know what's funny is Conan's one of six and I always make jokes about how much love and attention I got from my parents growing up just to like, you know, make him feel worse. <laughs> <laughs> Your parents better remember your name. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, which one are you? Um, but it, you know, I you know what I like about it is that my brother and I are very close. We're still very close, and it's nice. But I, I I always thought it would be so fun coming from a big family. You know, it it can be like we definitely like it's handy when people try to go against us because there's ah. so many of us. So like, many of our parents were like strict. And try to hold down a rule, they'd be like, like the second we banded together, the rule no longer applied. <laughs> like, you're not allowed to watch this TV show. I'm like, okay, well, there's six of us here that would like to <laughs> it's an alliance. argue this point. <laughs> oh my God. So your mom cooked for all of you and she gave birth to all of you and raised yeah, all of you. Same, we came from the same place uh, and there's my a lot God. of us. But it's, I don't mind it. Like, I, for me, I get jealous of the small group of children because, like, you guys, have like a little more freedom and <laughs> well I came from an Armenian family that my brother got to do whatever he wanted and I didn't uh, I mean did you ever watch that show Rami on Hulu yeah do you know that dynamic that he has with his sister where she, he's allowed to do everything and she's very sort of yeah. uh they watch over her a lot more that was exactly like my family like I totally related to that yeah my sisters are the same sister like male sister like I, I wasn't even allowed to be in the kitchen even though I was on the one to cook and I was like truly the gayest little boy that wants to be around his mom <laughs> and wants to learn everything possible they're like no not in the kitchen but my sister hates cooking they forced her to do it and she was Aww. like this is stupid do you cook now i yeah i did i cook i can cook ethiopian food but it takes so long i don't do the shortcuts because i can hear my mom's screaming in my head she's if I in do. your she's in your mind she's in your head um, the whole time i get it there's like so many things i do in my own house that i i'm gonna have to do because i can hear my mom like i can't leave my house without making my bed you know what though that's good <laughs> it is good is there anything like you do like still day to day that you're like if i don't do this my mom's voice pops in. <laughs> uh, it's not so much day-to-day stuff, but when I was dating guys, because I oh. had not terrible taste, but, you know, I, uh, if they had a job, <laughs> I'd be like, cool. And you know what? 
a lot of them didn't even fit that standard. I mean, I can't tell you how many guys I dated who were just kind of like, uh, whatever. Uh. Um, that's my that's impression. Impressive. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've never, I've, I've always like, somebody who's just like fully comfortable and unemployed. I'm like, how do you do that? Like This one guy I dated, he like openly told me that he works eight days out of the month because that is the bare minimum that he needs to work in order to make enough money to make ends meet. And then the rest of the time, he just plays video games. I mean, he told me that. And I still dated him after he told yeah, just me that. that. That's the part that I'm very worried about is what you knew, heard that. I heard that. And I was like, cool, when's our next date? Like, when are we going out next time? But I'm married now. And the guy is, he's amazing. So, yeah. Is he but employed? You didn't answer that question. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's employed. He's got a job. But when I was dating guys, I would hear my mom going like, why? Why is? Why are you dating this person? Just in my yeah, head. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, I've definitely, I think I don't give anyone a chance once they have, like, any red flag because of my family. Well, like, that's I, good. Like, eh, it's not good because I'm single and 40 now. So that's really. <laughs> no, but also, I mean, you know, you, all, you don't want to settle. If you see red flags, that's a red flag is a red flag for a reason, right? Yeah, but, you know, I feel like there should be just a little bit of compromise because sometimes a red flag can be like, oh, you coughed weird. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then like, we got to work on something. Do I want to listen to this cough for the rest no, of my life? No, 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 we got to work on something. <laughs> but if he's the right guy, then you wouldn't care about the cough, you know? Yeah, I think that's what I'm supposed to believe. But I feel yeah. like there should be a little part of you that's like, maybe I should just tone it down a little. Yeah, I know. But just, just tone it down a little. LA's a tough city to date in, too. So. Uh, I don't think so. I think I, there's. You know, I said that, but I didn't think so either. <laughs> I hear that so many times when I'm since I moved here. And it's like, it's so hard to date in LA. Like, what part of LA are you trying to date? <laughs> I did. It really, you know what? It, if you're outgoing and if you're willing to like talk to someone you're interested in, you know, people will respond and it's it's fun. Yeah. I think it's fine. That's very doable. Like so, so high school, you went here. Yes. That experience for me is just very unique, and I want to know more about, about it. the high school experience. Yes. It's so funny that you say that because I've met people who come from sort of uh, wealthy backgrounds, and they'll always ask me which school I went to because everybody knows the private schools in LA, and everybody like knows somebody who went somewhere or whatever. Yeah. But I was a public school kid, so. When people are like, what school did you go to? I'll be like, Glenn A. Wilson High School in Hacienda Heights. And no one knows anyone from there. I mean, the only yeah. famous person from there is Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> you know what? That is a good, that's a that's a good pull. Yeah, is it a good pull? It is, actually. Look, You're right. Uh, when it, like when it comes to the greatest albums of the early 2000s, The Duchess is what? It's a perfect album. There's no yeah, it there's is no misses. As a matter of fact, yeah. I used to say my favorite Black Eyed Peas album was The Duchess by <laughs> <My> Fergie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, I've been singing my humps a lot lately because mm -hmm. my one of, I have two boys. They're seven months old, and one of them has a massive ass. <laughs> and we always sing my humps to him. And the other day, I was like, I'm just going to listen to that song because I sing it, but I haven't heard it in a long time. And it's such a great song, and I forgot how much I loved listening to it. Black Eyed Peas, in retrospect, gave us a lot of hits that we listened to on repeat for years. Yeah, and that's true. Fergie was part of the that big revolution of them getting popular. Yeah. And even like literally a song about my hums where she's not like the curviest woman at all. She's really real thin. So it's pretty it's a very funny song. It is hear. really funny. <laughs> 
And then I love at one point she goes, check it out. It's like, <laughs> like really not that much, but it's good that you're, that's good that you're saying. It's good. It's the effort. You get an A for effort. Okay. You personally been a gossip at all? Yeah. So I was, you know, I was trying to think of some, some fun story for you. I want to uh, hear it. So what, when I went to college, I was a counselor, like an RA for these, this program where all these high school students would come, like these juniors and seniors from high school. And uh, they would live in the dorms and then they would take some classes from like some of the college professors and stuff. And lights out was at 10 o'clock. So at 10 o'clock, these kids had to be in their dorm rooms. And our job for some of the counselors was to do an all night stakeout. So we would have shifts from like 9 p.m. to like 2 a.m. So they wouldn't like sneak out and like, have yeah. sex with each other. That was what we were watching yeah, for. Yeah, you were professional narcs. I've been there. I've seen <laughs> You were the cops. Uh, <laughs> we were the cops. We, like, really took time to figure out all the vulnerabilities in the buildings and, like, to just, like, make sure the doors were guarded and make sure, like, they can't get past us. Like, we really figured it out. And then it was, I think, a six-week program. And on the sixth week, we were, like, so proud of ourselves. Like, nobody really had any incidents. And this this one girl who was in the program, she was kind of like like a rat. She was like the informant for the counselors. She would like come and tell us things. She told us to go to the laundry room and to look at the wall in the laundry room. And we go there and there's all these hash marks in the laundry room. They're, they're like categorized almost. And we like are like, what does this mean? Like, what are these hash marks? Like, you could tell it was kind of like fresh, like it hadn't been there a long time. And so we went and we talked to our informant, this this young high school girl. We were like, what do these what do these hash marks mean? She goes, oh, like every time someone would either hook up or smoke weed or drink, they would do it in the laundry room and they would mark every time they got away with it, which was every single time. <laughs> <laughs> we had no idea. We had Solomon, we thought that we were like on top of these kids. I've never felt so old before. Cause they were so resourceful. Like they had figured out our weaknesses and then they would sneak out and meet in the laundry room and then they would like do their thing in there, you know? I and think, it was so upsetting. But to keep track of it, that's the part that I love the most. They have to leave, like I've like they committed a crime and they're like, you know what? Yeah. I'm not gonna. I just. I just can't let them not know that this is happening. <laughs> it was a calling card, and I feel like the informant was planted so that we could find out somehow. Like she all all summer long, she was like, "Oh, so and so," and like so and so. Like she was like, you know, there's always that one girl who wants to get in good with the counselors, like, mm-hmm. and so she like tells us stuff. And we're like, "Cool, thanks." It's called a snitch. That's she's what- <laughs> a snitch. She was a snitch. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so we found out, and then, like, there was this end-of-the-year kind of, or end-of-the-summer kind of, like, booklet that we would make that everybody would give that was sort of like a memento, and we would see the code LR written in it, and it stood for laundry room, because that's, like, that's where the people would go to hang out with each other, and I was like, oh, my God, I would (laughs) sit in a room, like, down in the common area, for hours, sleep deprived, <laughs> so I could stop this from happening, and it was happening right under my nose the whole time. You gotta honestly, that's a, it's an art form to sneak out and get away with stuff. And honestly, that's I'm proud of these kids. You are. 
I am. I am too. I was a little like, a part of me was really upset because they got the better of me. Mm -hmm. But another part of me was like, nicely done, guys. You did it. I'm I'm from like, I can't, like my parents, especially my mom's ears were so good at hearing any sound. That sneaking out was literally impossible. Like going to the bathroom in the middle of the night, my mom would just pop out and be like, is everything okay? <laughs> What's going on over here? I heard a <laughs> footstep. <laughs> I know. I mean, to add to it, I mean, the nights that I wasn't on patrol, I left campus to go drinking in the bars in LA. Like I, I would leave what I was supposed to do so that me and a couple other counselors can just go grab a drink. Like there were moments when the kids were completely unsupervised. Like, but I was like, okay, they're what, 17, 18, 16 years old. Like they're fine. What's the worst they can do? Like I've seen euphoria. It's insane, but they can. (laughs) (laughs) Don't bring up euphoria. What's the worst they can do? Oh my God. Oh Jesus. Look, first of all, no, no kids are that good at doing their eye makeup. So there's no way euphoria is real. Like, imagine you can doing a perfect oh wing God. liner at 17. Get the fuck out it's of here. Been, it is admirable. Also, like, I never got up early enough to do that, to, like, look like they do. Oh, I no. just. I just, like, I'm like, I'm not, I watch that show. I'm like, everything on this show is happening five hours after my bedtime in high yeah. school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. Oh, my God. I just times I'm like. It's a school night. Like, when do you guys do homework? Parents don't exist. There's nothing. Yes. <laughs> no, never seen some, most of the parents. I felt that way about Gossip Girl, how they would, like, always come to school looking incredible or Pretty Little Liars where, like, all this drama would happen before they even got to school. Yeah. I was like, I had I had time to roll out of bed, brush my teeth, eat a Pop-Tart, and, like leave the house. I just never had time to do anything else. I feel like I was just so academic focused that that's why like whenever I look back and like the times like the gossip in the rooms that I've heard in high school, like there's very few because I was such a fucking dork. Were you? <laughs> it was, oh, I would t- like the, the, like the, the crime that I committed was to take uh Ritalin so I can <laughs> do my hey. SAT prep. <laughs> oh, did you do okay on your SATs? I did great. Uh, oh. <laughs> it's it's a bragging point, but it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> it's true. I, none of the skill set that I, I got from school is currently being used. Algebra. We're not using algebra. We're not using... <laughs> no. I don't know what we're using. Like if I, I just pull know. out the Pythagorean theorem <laughs> right now in the middle of this interview. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so you've started... So like the, when you went to Conan, was it right after college? I went to, no, I went to NBC right after college. I was an NBC page. So I wore that, like, I wore a peacock tie. I wore a white button down, a blue polyester blazer, and then a gray skirt with black tights. That was my uniform. I hated it so much. That sounds like the page program is always like something that I only know of from a distance. Uh, But I know so many people that went through it. How wild does it get for page wise when you guys are finally off of work? It, uh, we didn't get too crazy, honestly. I think the page program in New York is a lot more intense because, you know, it's a lot more storied over there. They have more stuff to work on. And over here it was, you know, you help people line up for The Tonight Show. And then you yeah. give people tours of, like, the Access Hollywood set. Did you have to, have to ask them the questions before they got to do anything or...? 
Wait, what, who asked who the question like, is? I don't know. Like a few shows asked, like, like interview the audience a little bit before they go in. But I guess that Tonight Show doesn't do that. No. Well, this was for tours. Oh. Uh, oh and I, and audiences. Actually, yeah. No, they, uh, I, it was more like organizing everyone and then seating them yeah. so that there's no empty seats and stuff. It was like Tetris yeah. is the best way that someone described it. <clears throat> and so I would have, do that. Have you ever had to kick out an audience member? Uh, I never did, but our, sec- I think security did when I worked there. Cause they were taking pictures of the set, which you're not allowed to do. Oh, I, yeah. um, I got kicked out in 1999, uh, from when Ben signs money. What? Uh, and it was, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm oh, just, you did something <laughs> wrong. I no, I was sitting, I was 17. I was there with the woman next to me kept screaming the answers oh. and I was just immediately assumed that I was with her. Uh, and also my voice wasn't that much different at the time. So <laughs> <laughs> like one of you is yelling the answers. <laughs> oh no. Did she get to stay? No, we both got kicked out. Because oh. she like she wouldn't admit to yelling the answers and I being next to her was like And you didn't even know her? No, not at all. That bitch. I also didn't know the answers. <laughs> oh my god, that bitch. I mean, well, she, she, her answers were wrong, but I also was like, I I wouldn't yell. I'm not a yeller. I, yeah, well, who does that? What kind of you know, monster yells out the answers in a game show taping. It's, especially if they don't, if they're not right. That's the yeah. part. That was, that was truly like, yeah. Ben Stein was upset, and I had to leave. Oh no, I'm sorry. So page program, then right to Conan. So no, so page program, and then I worked in the publicity department at NBC for about four years, and then Conan. So uh, working at NBC helped me like yeah. figure out that Conan needed someone and applied for the job. And then I knew somebody there then who like kind who knew Conan really well. And so he put in a good word for me. And then I yeah. started working for Conan. And when I worked, when I started working for him, I was out in California and he was still out in New York wrapping up late night. And uh, a few months later, he moved out here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you have a book coming out called uh, World's Worst Assistant. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I do. That's my legacy. I'm so proud. I I love that. I think it's the greatest thing. Like, I think I was truly one of the worst employees when I was working for any bosses in the past. (laughs) Were you really? Like, why? Oh, I, like, especially in my 20s, like, if I was in a corporate job, I hated it with my whole heart. So I was never... And I'm pretty anti-authority. <laughs> oh, know me why. too. Me too. Which is terrible when you're a personal assistant mm-hmm. to someone. But yes, <laughs> that was always my issue. My problem was like, you know, not, res- I don't know about respecting, but like listening. I don't know. I feel like it's not a disrespect. It's just sort of like a, if they don't ask me the right way. Thank you. That's all I want. It's just if you ask me the right way, if your tone is correct, I will yeah. never have an issue with you. When somebody alters, yeah. shifts their tone and it becomes belittling, I'm like, oh, not going to happen today. Yeah. <laughs> if Conan was a, a lot less passive aggressive, I would not have a book to write. Let's just say that much. <laughs> if he was, if he didn't smack so many cookies out of my hand, then <laughs> maybe I would have done some of the things he asked me to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so like what what qualification would you say would make you the world versus assistant what are the few like the top well i think that the con- the conceit of my book is is that uh you know when you think about hollywood assistants you think of the devil wears product yeah. you think of like someone who's just like killing themselves to make their boss happy and i've never done that i've never like 
I've never killed myself to make Conan happy. Yeah. So I guess in a way, it's just me like tearing down that convention that yeah. like you have to give yourself completely and physically and mentally just like abuse yourself and, and get abused in order to do it. So I think that what made me the world's worst assistant was probably just being myself in my job and like, you know, talking back sometimes yeah. when I felt like sass was needed in the situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I it agree. Was just, it's yeah, yeah, you had agency and you decided to keep it, which I think is kind of integral to have you know be a happy human being in the world. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know. I saw I saw there was like a little bit of a line. I would cross it and then when I saw nothing would happen, yeah. the line would shift and then I would just like keep going further and further the in the wrong direction i think <laughs> and i respect that that is huh. that is my that's my way of living and i think that's probably why i'm very excited that book's coming out because i'll probably enjoy the fuck out of it <laughs> i hope so i really oh hope i so. will so i can tell you right now as, <laughs> as someone who's quit many jobs <laughs> and has ruined a lot of bosses lives i will enjoy every second <laughs> have you ever been fired i've been fired once uh from starbucks corporate uh, and it's because I showed up late three times over, over five minutes in six months. Stop. And that was, it was weird because they walked me out and I was like, I'm not going to steal anything from Starbucks corporate. I want to leave. Stop. Yeah, they was have, this like, in strict, Seattle? Yeah, this was in Seattle. They have very strict, like, uh, don't be late this amount of times. And it's like, because it, and also they're very like the corporate culture in it. Like you have to love Starbucks. You have to be obsessed with oh, Starbucks. It has to be I all about Starbucks. And it's like, I couldn't do that. Yeah. I'm not going to drink the fucking Kool-Aid. Like, I don't care about the man. Like I will, <laughs> I will throw any boss under the bus at any point in time for yeah. next to nothing. <laughs> you know what though? I think that this like next generation is, is more like that where they're just like less tolerant of shitty behavior from, yeah. you know, just because you're in a position of authority doesn't mean that you can just do whatever you want. I mean, and I think, I think that's good. So yeah. you're kind of a, you're almost a trendsetter. You are kind <laughs> of a trendsetter. Look, as, especially as a, as a children of a child of immigrants, the both yeah. of us, the fact yeah. that we're just pushing back against yeah. <laughs> our bosses, you know what? I'm glad we're here as a society. And I'm, you know, my parents work two jobs so I can take two naps a day. All right. That's exactly. what Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> yes. That's the American uh, dream. That's what exactly. they came here for. <laughs> okay, Sona, it's that time in our show when we read some of the juicy stories my listeners send me. Let's go to the mailbag. It is mailbag time. And then this one I think is one that's upper alley. Uh, <laughs> someone at my company quit, then spent $250 on her company card for dinner for herself. a girl. That's what you should do. I feel like that's the right thing to do. If they don't cut off your corporate card immediately, why wouldn't you? What are like they going to do? Fire you? Again? Again? <laughs> you can't, well, technically she already quit, so they can't fire her. <laughs> it's already oh, done. Oh, so she quit. She didn't get fired. Yes, she quit the company and then spent $250 on her company oh, card. Oh, my dinner. God. Good for <laughs> her. Like, what would you do for your quitting meal if you did that, with that situation? Like, if I was quitting, what meal yeah. would I get? Yeah. Oh, I'd go to, like, Providence on Melrose, where it's, like, Ooh. $500 a plate, and I would just go to town. <laughs> Absolutely. I bet that person quit for a reason, yeah. and I bet she probably was underpaid. Good for her. 
I like for me, the best restaurant is usually the cheapest restaurant. So I always feel bad oh. that I will never ever be up to par as somebody who's like, I'm gonna go do six court. I, I'll do the fancy dinners, but if it's just if there's no one watching, yeah, I'm just gonna go to Zanku. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I know. I was gonna. I thought you were gonna say like Burger King because that's where I would go if I if I like. That chicken sandwich from Burger King is still, to me, perfection. I'm not, I haven't had Burger King in so long. Uh, I used to work. That was my first job. Oh, wow. Burger King. See, I, was, yeah. I worked for the competitor. I was at McDonald's. Okay. That was my first job. I see. Yeah. I, I, have, a, I have a loyalty to Burger King. I respect that. I had to quit because um, the, uh, this thing kept happening where children would vomit and oh. I would have to clean it up. No! <laughs> so that was, I that was, it. it was after like two weeks that I quit that job. Really? I was yeah. there for three months at Burger King and I quit because it was my summer job and I was going to start school again. And my register was short, like two different times of for like $20. And I remember, you know, my manager was, was counting the, uh, counting the money and, and he goes, this looks very suspicious because you're finishing work here soon. I was like, do you think I'm, I'm stealing? I was like, why would I steal? This is the only job I've ever had. And this is the only, like, it's the only reference I could have for any future jobs. You know what I mean? So I'm like. Also, isn't it filmed? Like, don't, can't they look at your whole shift anyway? I don't know if it was back then. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But, and also back then people used cash a lot. Yeah. But I think one of the two times my register was short, the manager had just miscounted and then it was fine. And then That's the second time I was actually short. Also being off by 20 bucks is fine. It's fine. I that was a whole day. It was a totally long fine. day. It's more than fine. Yeah, and, thank you. It's eaten me up for a, a long time. 25 years? Oh, geez. My McDonald's job was like 1995, 96. Yeah, my, my Burger King job was like 97. I'm 39 and yeah. it was set when I was 16. So It was in the past. It was a long time ago. But I can tell you right now, you're getting paid four twenty five an hour and you yeah. need to fucking treat you like that. <laughs> You should be allowed to steal 20 bucks since you barely made 100 bucks a paycheck. <laughs> Just let me have this. Like, Just seriously. Like, it. I came in really ambitious. Like, I'm going to buy a car. And then I got my first check. I'm like, I'm buying nothing. <laughs> I can finally buy my kind of cereal at yeah, home. I could That's buy the best. a meal from Burger King. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at, well, they at least give you 50% off. <laughs> I know they do. That's true. <laughs> All right. So this next one, uh, I got another one here for you. Um, so... Um, <clears throat> One of my old HR managers uh, used to conduct urinal analysis tests in her office with the young male employees. <gasps> like she remained in the room. She said it was to make sure they weren't cheating. And <laughs> last sentence, this is the mildest story I have from that place. <gasps> no. Yeah. Um, here, I, I just want to let something out into the world uh, because... We get a lot of these fun things, uh, but this is like one of those ones where like, if this is the mildest thing that's happening in your office. Oh, no. We should, we should call the cops on this. Call the <laughs> cops. <gasps> it's amazing how much people used to like get away with before because you're like, oh, this is just the way it's supposed to be, I guess. You're supposed to watch me as I whip out my penis and pee into a jar or something. First of all, if you make me pee for the job, I'm not going to work there. <laughs> I know. I would just be like, I'm not going to pass. Just yeah. take it. It's, it's not like, going to work out. 
if you're going to stop me from cheating, then I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's just so inappropriate. I mean, was she just there just like licking her lips, watching guys pee into these little cups? That's the question. Like, what could you possibly do? What is like, what a weird thing to want to be a part of? Like, I just like, just the sound of somebody peeing just makes me not feel that great. Like, I don't, I don't like that just to be in that room, but you know what? It's clearly a kink she has. And you know what? I don't kink shame, but I do this time because there's, I don't feel like this is like a very weird, like pressure situation uh, where somebody's abusing their power and they should not have their job anymore. No, you know what? It's not the same, but my friend worked at a place where every time all the women would leave the room to like go to lunch or something, he would sniff the chairs. Oh my God. He would like get down on all four and they know this because they set up a camera and they, he would get down on all fours and he would, it wasn't even like a, it was like a, like rub your face in it kind of a thing. They saw it when they came back and they were like, oh, okay. And he got fired. I mean. Yeah, that's a weird one. It is wrong, but at least it's after the people have left the space. I guess. Yeah, but it's still I know. very wrong. It's still like, it's, why'd you? Ugh. I mean, they set up the thing because I think they would come back from lunch and see all of their chairs were just like rearranged. Like he didn't even think about putting them back where they were. Yeah, that's just like I feel like that's that's a thing. That's like wow, you can like you can pay people to do this for you. You don't have to. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to harass your coworkers. Yes, all you had to do is put the chairs back, and you could have sniffed some chairs forever, <laughs> or just literally hired somebody to sit in a chair for you. Yeah. That is money. I would take as a sex worker it's like all you want me to do is sit on a chair yeah and then and leave and you sniff it yeah, yeah. give me the money now <laughs> i know i think that's really an issue it's like so many people don't seem to understand like there's people you can pay money to yes to live out this terrible kink of yours that don't involve us <laughs> yeah maybe though part of the the like thrill of it is that it wasn't consensual like he was doing it without yeah, them knowing that is true oh gosh well, thank you guys for sharing these stories. Please uh, feel free to always uh, call authorities on anybody <laughs> <laughs> as much as possible, as often as possible. And uh, <laughs> as often as possible. <laughs> the authorities are like, oh, God, it's you again? What's happening yeah, well, now? Well, you know what? They're still, she's still watching people pee. So can you come over? <laughs> Can you come over? It's like you're asking the authorities to come play video games. Like, can you come over? Hey, come hang out. There's just something going on here that I think you should know about. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, that's the mailbag. Again, please send in your gossip if you want to hear it on the show. Visit teamcoco.com slash heyjuice. Now it's time for a short break, and we'll be right back with the juice line. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. With blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome back to The Juice. I'm here with Conan O'Brien's terrible assistant, Sona Movsesian. And now's the time on our show when we go to the phone. We call it The Juice Line. Please hold. Our board operator says today's caller is Akili. Hi, Akili. Hello. Hello. Nice to see you, Akili. Nice to see you. Hi. So you have a juicy piece of gossip that you want to share with us, and we'd love to hear it. Oh, yes. Um, I was lucky enough to hear this story secondhand while I was working there. But when I worked at a clothing store, thankfully I worked the morning shift that week. Uh, because for the first three days of the week, someone took a shit in our sales section every single day, three (gasps) days in a row. Um, Somehow no one ever got caught. And it just, like, every day I came into work and it was just like, um, you're not going to believe it. Someone shit in the sales section. And I just. Oh, my God. <laughs> the first time it was like, oh, like a weird customer, like came in and uh-huh. did something stupid. And then the second day, everyone was just like, again, like no one saw anybody. <laughs> oh, my God. The second time. <laughs> shit on me once. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> And then, like, by the third day, everyone kind of started, like, looking at each other, like, who in this store is shitting all over the sales section? Because it is now three days in a row, same place, same time. And according to the managers, they couldn't see anything on the cameras. So (gasps) it felt like an inside job. Oh, no. So sales section, like, what does the sales section look like? Um, so it was like a two-story store, and uh-huh. uh, at the time it was like in the middle of like the back of the second floor. So like it wasn't as busy as like downstairs was usually, but there were still like three or four people on the second floor at all times, employee-wise. So it was a little weird that it was in the middle of the store and yet no one seemed to see anything. Was it the same person that kept discovering it every day? Was it like awkward? (laughs) Like, oh my God, you guys, the shitter's back. Like, how weird. I just didn't see that. How weird. I just, I don't even know how it happened. Again? 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 (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was if i'm like remembering it correctly it was the same closing shift people like every Mm -hmm. day so no i don't remember exactly who it was that was finding it i feel like it was different people but like the fact that they were up there the second day and didn't have like eyes peeled is very weird to me especially on the third day on the third day there would be stakeout yeah Yeah. (laughs) But also it depends on who was like, did you guys have like a late night person come in, like janitors or anything mm-hmm. like that? Because that's yeah. also, that's that also opens it up to another possibility. Yeah. First thing in the morning, See. they would sweep the store. So it was definitely cleaned by the morning, guaranteed. So it was like fresh every day, which was the problem. Did you ever find out who it was? We never found out who it was, but it was oh. made worse by the fact that like a little while later, someone also 
left a little bit of poop in the employee-only bathroom. And to me, this was like the most egregious because A, it's employee-only bathroom. Like it is absolutely somebody here that did this one. And the way that the bathroom was set up, the door was right next to the sink, which was where the poop was. And then the toilet was all the way in the corner over here. So it felt on purpose to me. <laughs> like it it's, felt that, that is on deliberate. Purpose. I that couldn't poop anywhere besides the toilet if I tried. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because there was a terrible emergency. <laughs> like something horrible went wrong if I'm able to not make it to the toilet. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. if you like are in the bathroom, right? You're mm-hmm. going to yeah. make the toilet. Yeah. You're not going to yeah. miss it. You're not going to... Oh. Look, so there, the there, there have been some emergencies where <laughs> it was really close. <laughs> there's, there's been a few oh times where it was really, really. <laughs> this is gonna keep me up at night. Yeah, it was um, it was a running joke with everyone that uh, everyone in the store that like, oh, whoever quits next is the one who's been pooping in the store, and then the pooper. <laughs> so like, but we never really like found it out. I figure the pooper is the one that works there the longest because they got away with it. <laughs> yeah. So it was three days and then it never happened again? or It was it- three days in a row and then it never happened again in the sales section. And then like, mm-hmm. uh, like I think like a week or so later, someone pooped in the bathroom. And it was just like, as soon as it was like starting to die down as a conversation, it was just like rocketed right back up. Because someone now, it was definitely an employee. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now who did you suspect? Um, Well, there was a lot of new people all at once. So I, I I didn't know exactly who it was because, you know, everyone was complaining about their schedule, but you know, I figured they would use just the cheeks on their face and not Mm -hmm. their ass to complain about that. Well, background checks are not going to show that. Yeah. They're not going to reveal that someone's a, a public pooper. It, that's a, that's really a shame. Like I think that should be an added question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it shouldn't have to be, but honestly, that wasn't even the only poop story mm-hmm. from that store. So what is going on in this place? <laughs> what is this poop store? <laughs> What's this the other poop story? What is that? Uh, someone. Uh, this one was actually a customer. Um, they they didn't get caught because no one saw it until it was like too late. Um, but no there one's was... paying attention in this store. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, like a busy Saturday and there was just like a pile of clothes in one of like the fitting rooms and people were just like going in and out and in and out and in and out. And like if someone finally went to go just like freaking clean up this one section and like they just like started picking up clothes and like someone pooped like on the inside, like in the middle of it and then tried to cover it with clothes in the fitting room and then just beat feet and laughed as quickly as they could. So they didn't get caught either. But that one at least we knew was a customer. Are you sure? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I can trust you guys. I don't know. (laughs) So maybe not. I don't want to believe anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it can be all... Like, I'd like to imagine it was like... Three different people, because mm-hmm. the, the ones like, once the first one got away with it, the second one was like, yeah. "You know what? That's I'm a gonna good do idea. this." <laughs> that person was an inspiration. Is mm-hmm. what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 like, a copycat killer. A a copy- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'd have a big bulletin board with everyone's pictures and like <laughs> question mark. 
like especially if I hate a job enough and that happened once, I would think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How long did you work at this place? Uh, I worked at there. I worked there for four years. Um, I this happened like towards the end of me leaving. Mm-hmm. Well, towards like the beginning of me leaving, which like. You know, that wasn't, that surprisingly wasn't the reason that I left, but. <laughs> <laughs> I love in an interview for your next job. They're like, why'd you leave your other one? Well, so I just kept pooping yeah. in the store. <laughs> and nobody did anything about it. <laughs> they were all just, was just joking pooping. around. Did you, just, did you quit for like a good reason or? Oh, yeah. Uh, a bunch of new managers that weren't the best. So. Oh. Mm. Got out of there. Were they younger too? I hate when that happens. No, surprisingly, they were like just a little bit older than like me at that time. But yeah, I feel like that's every retail job I've quit is like new management will come in and they'd be like, "Oh, I'm gonna treat you like <laughs> shit." I'm like, "No, not on my watch." <laughs> oh, God. Not by a fresh eighteen-year-old. Thank yeah, you I very much. Shit in this fucking cell <laughs> before you tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that story was everything oh, that was so good yeah i was just glad that i didn't work in the shift that had to clean it up and i just got to gossip yeah, about it this it is, was great oh, i appreciate you for coming on nice to meet you too that is our episode and thank you so much that was so fun that went by so quickly i was like what else what's next what more shit stories (laughs) i'm so again excited for your book and your podcast with conan is amazing so thank you this was so much fun thank you for having me well, that's Sonam Obsession. She currently co-hosts the podcast Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend right here on the Team Coco Podcast Network. She also has a hilarious YouTube series, Sona Fixes Your Life. Please check it out. And don't forget to pre-order your copy of her book, World's Worst Assistant. It's out in July. And thanks for listening. Again, please send me your juicy goss. Just visit teamcoco.com slash heyjuice. And if you love this episode, please give us a great rating review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. And as always, have a juicy day. This has been a Team Coco production. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.